from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We've come to the end of another week of shows, and you've come to the other uh, side of a work week, which uh, I think for a lot of people is pretty short because of the weather. But here we are. We've made it to Friday, and we've got a huge weekend coming up in sports. The Super Bowl, of course, is on Sunday. The Pelicans begin a homestand tomorrow night against the Chicago Bulls. And we've got an action-packed show for you here uh, to wrap up the uh, work week as we'll talk about both of those things. And then All-Star 2. Boy, oh boy. I think, I think a lot of uh, Pelicans fans were pretty disappointed last night when the All-Star reserves were announced and Anthony Davis was not included. You know, there's a lot of uh, good arguments on both sides. I get it. But uh, I think I was disappointed, to say the least. Uh, surprised, too, that Davis was not named an All-Star reserve that doesn't mean that he won't be a part of the All-Star game. The uh, new commissioner will have a chance to uh, name injury replacements here in a couple of days, and perhaps uh, via that route, Davis will represent the West uh, in the All-Star game next month. Orleans, gosh, I say next month. It's next month tomorrow. Hard to believe that we've reached the last day of January. All right, big show, as we mentioned today. We're going to talk about the All-Star situation with the uh, television voice of the Pelicans. That's Joel Myers. He'll be alongside here in just a moment. We'll ask him about the uh, coaches' selections that were announced last night. He'll help us a preview, a big interview he's got tomorrow on his broadcast and the uh, homestand upcoming here for the Pelicans. We'll also wrap up our Super Bowl coverage. We'll do it with a guy that's been with us all season long. That's Jim Corbett from USA Today. He'll help get our last pieces of information in order before we uh, see the uh, championship game on Sunday. And then we're going to replay for you Uh, My extensive visit with head coach Monty Williams this week. The Pelicans head coach had his radio show last night. And uh, I know a lot of folks aren't able to uh, get around the radio at 8 o'clock Central on Thursday nights. So we're going to feature that visit with you uh, today, with coach, with you uh, today on the Black and Blue Report. So a lot on our minds. Our guests will take care of all the business for us. Again, Monty Williams, Jim Corbett, and Joel Myers. And we'll jump right into it here on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, right after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. 
NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars challenges your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim. Alley-oop dunk. Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Our first guest today on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report is the television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Joel Myers. Stops by again on this Friday. We're going to talk more All-Star and a few other things as we kind of wrap up this week's show. Still to come later on, Jim Corbett from USA Today and head coach Monty Williams, too on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. Joel, good morning. Uh, it's good to be back with you here on a Friday. Yeah, good morning, Sean. Yeah, and hopefully a good start to the homestand uh, tomorrow against the Bulls for the Pelicans. Yeah, more on that in just a moment. I think that at, as last Friday we talked about the All-Star starters. I wanted to ask you about the All-Star reserves last night, and i got to admit I was surprised that Anthony Davis wasn't included in that bunch. Well, you know, I was disappointed more than surprised, I guess, and, and I'm, you know, I was hoping to be pleasantly surprised, but that didn't happen. Uh, Charles Barkley may have said it best, you know, when I was watching the show and everything was coming out on Twitter and everybody knew what was going on anyway, and once Nowitzki made it, and I knew LaMarcus Aldridge was going to make it, you did too, and he should have been a starter. You can make a case that, you know, it's a toss-up between him and Kevin Love, uh, but once Nowitzki made it, then I realized it's not happening for Anthony. I was surprised, though, uh, that, you know, they took the last two spots, went to two guards as reserves. So I was surprised they didn't take another big. Uh, Daniel Lillard, somewhat of a surprise to me. Uh, Gordon Drogic, you can make a case for him over Lillard. Tony Parker, not really, because that's the reason San Antonio is the position they're in right now because of their injuries. Parker's held up well. Um, but uh, definitely disappointed. There's no question. What, what I what I alluded to Charles Barkley, what he said was, and I think it applies to the, the mindset of a lot of coaches that voted, that you, you need to build a winner. And I think the, the Pelicans' record uh, was tough for Anthony Davis to overcome and all the injuries surrounding that record. Uh, I don't think coaches look at it that way. They look at the record, they look at the team's success, and that's why a Lillard kind of piggybacked on Portland's success. Lillard's had a great year, no question, but you can make a case for other guys. Goran Dragic has has been phenomenal, and Phoenix is hard to believe, even with the loss of Bledsoe, winning four straight on the road trip, and the way they blitzed Indiana last night. I watched that game. So, disappointed. Happy for Scott Brooks, though, to be the head coach of the West, a really good guy that I've known forever, and in fact, called his games at UC Irvine way back when, I hate to admit. Yeah, you know, don't date yourself too badly here, Joel. Now let's 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 just say that you're both in your primes. How about that? Yeah, well, Scott and I laugh about it every time we get together. We spend a few minutes together. Every time we see the thunder, we laugh about it. That uh, the old Ryan Center on the UC Irvine campus, it was brand new at that time. Uh, but I was doing UCLA basketball, and he was playing for uh, the Anteaters. And even then, you could tell he was scrappy. He was tough. A little guy that didn't back down. So really happy for a good guy's success. He's got a great roster that will coach here in New Orleans at the All-Star Game. And, and Joel, I, you know, I agree on so many different levels about Davis's inclusion or disclusion from 
the all-star team. And, and I think with regard to the West, um, you know, I think he gets caught in a numbers game a little bit. There's a lot of talent rolling around the West right now. And, and so maybe the argument should be made and, uh, that the all-star roster should be expanded a spot or two. Do we have, do we have space for that in, in, in the NBA all-star game? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. It's an exhibition. They should be able to do whatever they want. So you're talking about going from 12 to 15, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no question in my mind they can do that. So, And let's face it, uh, Kobe's not going to play. Chris Paul might not play. Well, those are two spots. And are they going to go to guards both spots? So there is the potential, and maybe Adam Silver in his first act as commissioner will, you know, common sense will prevail. Uh, Anthony Davis, if you look this morning at, at the national writers, I'm talking about from and totally objective writers, four out of five, basically, because I scanned the Internet this morning, they're saying they're kind of uh, surprised that Anthony Davis didn't get more of a look. A guy that is leading the league in blocks, has posted phenomenal numbers over the last few weeks, despite the losses, which the spacing's not there for the Pelicans, and he's fifth in player efficiency ratings right now. So hopefully, if we know Kobe's not going to play. If Chris Paul can't make it back for his seventh All-Star appearance, maybe they'll, they'll take a drawage, but they'll also take an extra big, considering that Hibbert's going to be there for the East now. He's been added. Joe Kim Noah's been added. Uh, Paul Millsap, richly deserving. Atlanta wouldn't be in the position they're in if Paul Millsap was on the Eastern Conference team. Biggest surprise for me, Sean, and I don't know about you, was Joe Johnson on the Eastern side of things. So uh, it should have been Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry yeah, I agree. And, and Toronto are a great story. And I'm happy DeMar DeRozan made it because he is, he has really been their consistent, their, their rock, uh, the consistent guy in the backcourt for them. Lowry though has been off the charts lately. And the reason that they're leaving their division and, and over 500 and should stay that way. And it probably messed up the plans of the general manager there that was thinking about strip mining anyway as they moved the Rudy Gay contract. And, and uh, they got guys back in, in Toronto, let's face it, Patrick Patterson, uh, Gravis Vasquez, Chuck Hayes, John Salmons, all those guys. They know how to play. So when they come off the bench... Toronto turns out to be a fairly deep team now. And with the pleasant surprises over in the East, so I'm happy DeMondo Rosen made it. I'm surprised Joe Johnson made it, though. That's the shot yeah. on the Eastern side. I, I am, too. And, and in a conference right now with so many weak teams, I don't think there is as, there are as many snubs on the Eastern side of things. I am in agreement with you and happy that DeRozan makes it because Toronto has to have at least one, and they probably should have two representatives. And isn't it amazing when you look at the Raptors, you just rattled off all those names. Those are all guys that probably feel like they're, they've been pushed aside or people don't believe they can be at the level they once were anymore. And they all play, Joel, they all play as if they're out to prove something. And isn't that a healthy thing right now in our league? Right, and let's face it, Patrick Patterson and Gravis Vasquez are young guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. there's a ton of upside to their game. So, uh, Gravis has been a great insurance policy for them. Even if the Toronto decides before February 20th, the trading deadline, even if they decide, because uh, what I'm hearing is that you can still have Kyle Lowry for a first-round pick, even as well as he's played. And that's what they wanted about six, eight weeks ago when all the speculation was with the Nets and the Knicks. The asking price was a first-round pick in their year's draft. Well, the Knicks don't have it anyway. Uh, the Knicks is unprotected, and it belongs to Denver. <laughs> so, yeah. But they wanted a first-round pick when all the injuries hit the Nets. And uh, 
from what I'm told, Kyle Lowry still could be there for a first-round pick. Interesting, interesting stuff. Hey, two more topics on my mind while I've got you here, Joel. Uh, today is officially the last day of David Stern's run as NBA commissioner. Adam Silver takes over tomorrow. We'll change over to the new basketballs with a different signature tomorrow. But other than that, um, other than basketballs with different signatures, how much change do you think we see here in the near future with Adam Silver at the helm as opposed to David Stern? No, I don't think a lot. I think the momentum of the league and, and what has happened, uh, David's done an exceptional job, obviously. Timing's everything, let's face it. Uh, Larry Burden, 79, and Magic Johnson changed our fortunes, all of us. 1992, the Dream Team, that changed basketball as it was, as it was seen. You've given credit for pushing uh, through the Olympic process to get the pros on Olympic rosters. Uh, 1992, and I did the games with Billy Packer on NBC Radio, that changed everything. Uh, and just, you know, 20 years later now, 30%, uh, close to 30% of the NBA is international players. So that's how good basketball is worldwide. It's not like we can export football and baseball to sports that, you know, let's face it, uh, we're over in Europe and you're watching tennis and soccer is still bigger over there than anything else. Soccer in particular uh, is their number one sport, but basketball is moving up. And David Stern had a lot to do with that and, and exporting basketball and, and just showing uh, the rest of the globe how good it could be. Everybody can relate to basketball, so give David Stern credit for that, and especially the way they got the dream team out in front in 1992 uh, to pass that, uh, make that resolution the pros could play in the Olympics. Yep, the billions of dollars that have been generated now because of those things that you talked about and the uh, emergence of the, of the uh, marketing side of the NBA, not to mention the broadcast side, which benefits, of course, you and me. All right, the Pelicans, Joel, tomorrow open a homestand with the Chicago Bulls that will continue on Monday with San Antonio, and there's four games in all. Uh, just first blush here, your thoughts on the next four here, all of them at home for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Well, Chicago, first of all, is going to be a battle because Joe Kim Noah is playing hard. Boozer's playing his best basketball of the season. They're trying to move up in the Eastern Conference playoff picture, which doesn't take a lot, but there are six teams now, 500 or better, over in the Eastern Conference, at least there were at the start of play over the last couple of days. And uh, Chicago's going to be a difficult matchup. San Antonio, by the time they get on Monday, Tiago's splitter is going to be back for them. So they get the big guy back in the middle. They're still missing though Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. We could down the list. Shinobly three to four weeks with a hamstring. They're as banged up now as the Pelicans. And the Spurs have their first three-game losing streak since the end of last year. So San Antonio's got some issues. And then the Pelicans on Friday, hopefully, uh, they'll get back at Minnesota. That was an ugly game. You and I both know that. It was tough for both teams. Kind of a grounded out game. Uh, Pekovic didn't play for Minnesota. May not be there on Friday. But first order of business, it's Chicago. And Chicago for Thibodeau, they are hard players. Taj Gibson, Joe Kim Noah, Carlos Boozer. Uh, it's going to be difficult downstairs for the guys on the baseline. That's going to be an interesting proposition. Triple overtime last time. Did we see something like that again? Uh, I wouldn't complain because we get to do the game on television. <laughs> and it was agonizing to sit there courtside <laughs> and not do the game. A brilliant game, a phenomenal finish, and a fun game for all of us. Uh, we were there even though David and I couldn't do the game. So hopefully it'll be a close game and, and again, uh, a, a sweep of the season series. That'd be the best thing for the Pelicans. You mentioned the broadcast tomorrow night, you and David Wesley on Fox Sports New Orleans, also a part of the broadcast tonight. Joel, you'll have, a, you'll have an exclusive one-on-one with a Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. Uh, can, you, 
Can you tease anything about the interview giving it away? What have you got for us tomorrow night? Well, he'll, he'll talk about the Saints season. It's some interesting stuff on the Saints season. Uh, Sean Payton, the head coach of the Saints, of course, and, and down the road for the Saints because there's cap issues over the summer. So he was very candid. It was a good interview, really entertaining to talk with Mickey and look ahead. And he'll also talk, of course, about the Pelicans and the way he sees things for the second half of the season and his assessment of the first half of the season as well. Joe, will that be pregame or throughout the broadcast tomorrow night? I believe it's going to be uh, throughout the course of the broadcast. It could be on the pregame show as well, though. It's starting at 6.30 tomorrow night, Sean. All right, yep. Pelicans Live presented by Aaron's, and then the ball game tips at 7. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, Joel. I know you got lots of prep work to do, and we'll see you tomorrow at New Orleans Arena. All right, thanks, Sean. Joel Myers with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, Super Bowl coverage with Jim Corbett of USA Today. He's in New York. He'll join us here in just a moment. And then, as we mentioned, we'll visit extensively with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams from his radio show last night. And we'll do all that right after this. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Saturday, February 1st, when the Chicago Bulls come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the first 10,000 fans receiving a free T-shirt courtesy of Morris Bart. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets are limited and are available by visiting pelicans.com today. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, an extensive visit with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams on this Friday. But uh, on this Friday, it's time for us to kind of wrap up what we've been doing with the Super Bowl coverage up in New York this week. And we thought we'd bring in one of our regulars, our favorite one of all season, to kind of uh, lock us down here on Friday and anchor our coverage. And that's Jim Corbett from USA Today, who has been in New York all week, getting ready for Super Bowl 48 between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Greetings, Jim. We're almost there. It's almost game time, finally. Yeah, well, it's been, uh, you know, definitely cold as advertised, but um, I think ultimately on game day, it's not going to be the uh, Armageddon of uh, blizzards or, you know, contingency Super Bowls where, where they're going to have to worry about moving it to a Saturday or a Monday. Um, it's going to be 40s, if not 50, and uh, that's balmy and eight-mile-per-hour winds at the Meadowlands, of course, it swirls, so that's something that takes adjusting to, but, you know, both these guys have played there before, Russell this season, Peyton obviously many times, and he spent the other night having dinner with Eli and, you know, just kind of downloading some other key information as you prepare us for uh, facing the number one defense, you know, in all those categories, takeaways and, um, you know, guardage and scoring defense and certainly the Legion of Boom secondary. So it's going to be a great matchup, and I, I think it's going to be a great um, spectacle in terms of uh, maybe if it goes well, we'll open the door for further northern Super Bowls. But let's face it, New Orleans is the best venue and one of my favorites ever, so I think they should be in the rotation at least every other year, if not <laughs> every year. 
I think that most people listening will, will agree with you and, and like your comments about that. And I'm glad the weather is not going to be as much of a storyline, Jim, as we had feared it would be uh, at this time of the year. Um, you mentioned Peyton Manning. I know you wrote about him already this week. I know fans down here are keenly intrigued by Manning because he's a New Orleans guy. Um, he seems, Jim, as calm as I've ever seen him. You know, Not that he's ever been a guy that's been too high or too low at any time, but this stage seems to suit him. And I'm curious as to if you if you see the Manning versus uh, Seattle defense matchup as the as the marquee storyline now that's left on the table. Yeah, I mean, noticing Peyton the other day, I had a few words with him afterwards, and uh, he just seemed really loose and, and really relaxed. And to me, it's not that he's looking at this as his legacy or anything close. I mean, some people are trying to make that the big deal, and he's been asked, "Are you going to walk away?" And he said, "Certainly, I have no plans to." He's really just getting started with this group on offense. He's really just trained these guys to be what he wants them to be. And he's got Julius Thomas finally under his wing, and he's got Wes Walker, the best slot receiver he's ever had. So they are just building something special here. And uh, so whether or not they win, uh, if they go win, they have a chance to go, I think, to have a dynasty. And certainly with Seattle, the same thing, because they're a young team that's just on the rise and on the come You know, with a young second-year quarterback who's beyond his years that new age guy, that, you know, uh, moving pocket passer, if you will, who, you know, can uh, run. But, yeah, certainly it is that matchup of Peyton, his receivers, that, you know, Tom and Jerry cat and mouse game of uh, it's going to be passing between the hashes because what Seattle secondary does so well, press man on the outside, takes away your deeper, you know, ball. And so Peyton's going to have to win with those quick crossers, uh, right now throws uh, to beat that pass rush that had 44 sacks. They do a nice job of rotating seven guys in and out on the front four. You've got Gabriel Bennett moves inside at times. You've got Clemens. Uh, you've got uh, Mebane and uh, uh, Red Bryant. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they attack that underneath level of Seattle's defense where they can be had and where Wes Welker is going to be so key and where Julius Thomas, the tight end, will be so key help open up the other guys. Jim Corbett from USA Today here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, I've been hinting all week that I think that the Broncos may blow the Seahawks out. Now, I could be way off here. It's just kind of a, a feeling, but if that's if that's to be the case, then that would mean that Denver's defense has no problems with Seattle's offense. Um, am I underestimating Russell Wilson and that offense versus what Denver will roll out there on the defensive side of the ball? I just think what you're underestimating is the power of Marshawn Lynch. And, you know, he's the guy, to me, he's the key fulcrum point. Well, I'll say another guy, Percy Harvin, how much they can get out of him because he's an X factor we don't know. But I certainly think he'll have an impact on this game. And they want to limit Russell to 25 throws, maybe 30 throws. Um, The idea is the more they expose him, the more they expose his inexperience. He's a point guard get the ball out of his hands, minimize mistakes, play off the run game, play off the defense. So their ideal is to get Marshawn going 28 times a game, try and get 120 or more, keep Peyton on the sideline, and help your defense. And, you know, to me, that's their game plan. And uh, Russell makes plays off of all of that, and he does a great job of extending plays in the pocket, you know, kind of more, you know, the smaller Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's just going to scoot out, maybe more Aaron Rodgers type of guy who really does have a strong arm and can hit from all platforms in terms of you know being able to throw on the run, being accurate on the run. 
Jim, in politics, we always look for the October surprise before a November election. Have there been any quote-unquote October surprises this week that have uh, any kind of an impact on the game on Sunday? Uh, Mr. Chairman's been you know, terrific and you know, been described as charming this week and you know, really has been engaging, and people have really you know, understood what he's about. He had that one moment, he admitted, admitted pretty much it was calculated, and uh, he said he knew the firestorm that would come from it. And, you know, I think we've seen Pete Carroll, you know, explain that uh, he lets guys be themselves, but to a point where it doesn't hurt the framework of the team. And uh, when you look at who's here, it's two defensive-minded coaches, two guys that started as secondary coaches, guys who have taken a long path. John was in uh, Carolina. He learned originally the game from Chuck Knoll as a secondary coach back in 1979. And, uh, you know, Pete certainly has been fired twice when he was in his 40s, once with the New York Jets when I covered him. Uh, got only that one year, uh, went to New England for three, got bounced again, and then, you know, kind of reexamined how he was approaching things, talked to John Wooden, uh, you know, got his core beliefs more in order and expressed them better. And then you saw the dynasty at USC, I think it was 83 and 19, whatever it was, but, you know, two national championships. And then he said, you know what, I'm going to bring this to back to the pros and, I'm going to make it work because that's my program now, and and he has. I mean, if you look at it, he's got some young guys that buy in, that are you know tremendously built on the power of competition, the pillar of taking the ball away and, and controlling the ball. So um, I, I think his way works now. And you look and you see, we're, we're probably going to see more guys looking for that next Pete Carroll. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because team study. The final two teams, if not the final four, and there's always some kind of a new trend or some kind of a pickup along the way. And, you know, the other part of that is that that wonderful facility they have in Seattle and the way they treat their players and all that. And regardless of who wins on Sunday, do we see some kind of a sea change because of what Pete Carroll and that and that crew has done up in Seattle? Yeah, I think people are going to be looking for that bigger, uh, longer. You know, certainly they have started to, but I think it'll cement looking for that bigger, stronger. Uh, outside corner, like a Richard Sherman, um, even Byron Maxwell, who's come in now and solidified them when Brandon Browner got suspended for the PEDs and uh, is now out and probably won't be back. They have actually upgraded there. So bigger in the secondary and uh, certainly faster at all levels. It's a speed defense built on the power of takeaways. And we saw with the New Orleans Saints when they won, they may not have had you know that highly rated defense, but they had 39 takeaways as well, if I can remember right, and uh, Sharper having like, you know, seven, eight, nine interceptions that year, so um, I think that's what you're looking in today's passing game, you're looking for guys that can deny that, slow that, and, uh, you know, make sure that they can counter your bigger wide receivers and tight ends. Jim, good stuff as always. Before you run off and meet with the commissioner here this morning, who wins on Sunday? You know what? I'm going to go with, you know, hey, like I said, weather shouldn't be a factor. It shouldn't be the overblown. It's been, you know, the hot topic, obviously, the cold weather and how much it's going to melt down these two teams. I think it's going to be a great game. Talked to Bill Parcells yesterday. He's one of those guys who had the last time when a number one offense, Jim Kelly, the K-Gun Bills, went against that defense of the Giants. And uh, you can find a way in that kind of scheme to limit and slow uh, that high-powered offense, but I just think Peyton Manning, in the end, is playing at such a high level. He's got the best weapons, like I said, that he's ever had. He's got five ways to beat you every time, and uh, it's not defending just two guys. you got to defend five. I like Peyton Manning's chances. I'll pick them 27-24, somewhere in that range.
Wow, good stuff. Jim Corbett from USA Today. Jim, you've been a great friend to our little show here all season long. You've been my favorite, and I really appreciate it here on a very busy Friday morning. We'll be in touch and uh, enjoy some downtime, hope, hopefully, after the uh, Super Bowl. No worries. We'll try and get Roger to get another uh, Super Bowl for New Orleans soon. We'll do, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you on the list of those to credit if you can pull that off. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. All right, Doug. Enjoy the game. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Jim Corbett from USA Today continues our Super Bowl coverage here on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Well, each and every Thursday night during the NBA season, we have the Monty Williams Show on our flagship radio station of the Pelicans Radio Network. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. And during that 8 o'clock visit on Thursday nights, we get our most extensive visit with head coach Monty Williams each week. I wanted to replay that with you uh, here on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. My visit with head coach Monty Williams was recorded on the team charter plane uh, on its way back from Minneapolis on Wednesday night. So here is segment one of last night's Monty Williams show and our visit with the head coach. Coach, when you look back on our on our last week since our last Thursday visit, there's there's a lot to talk about. Your team has played very well at times. It seems to have developed a, a little bit of a new identity. And then you had you've had some games like the one against Minnesota uh, here on this evening as we speak that I can tell your disappointment after the game. Well, you're always disappointed after a loss. Um, anytime you lose a game to a team that um, you felt like you could have won just based on their lack of production. Uh, we held Minnesota to 88 points, and we were only able to score 77. That, that was a frustrating uh, time for me. At the same time, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way we've grown and gotten better as a team um, over the last couple of weeks. We certainly have a, a lot of room to grow. Uh, we've dealt with a lot, but we got so much basketball to play and so much more improving that we have to do. My frustration is tempered by the, the future. I think if we continue to work and continue to buy into our defensive system and and continue to be efficient on offense, we're going to be a much better team going forward. You've, you may have seen the future a little bit, or at least the, f- the near future, with as good as your team played, um, maybe, for example, at Cleveland the other night. So while you have the disappointment and frustration of what you saw against Minneapolis, or Minnesota, rather, you've seen a, a team that has adopted a little bit of a new personality and 
may surprise some folks here. Well, we, we would like to. Um, I, I think anytime you you raise the bar the way we've done against Cleveland on the road, um, a tough Orlando team that really shoots the ball well, um, you, you feel like you're, you're moving in the right direction. You raise the bar, and then as a coach, that's what you expect all the time. The NBA season is so grueling. Um, you're dealing with injuries. You have to be mindful that you are playing with a, a reshuffled deck. A lot of our guys have never been in these positions before, and yet um, I still want more. I still believe our guys can, can get better. Um, we're developing a, a pretty good chemistry between AD and Eric Gordon, and Brian Roberts has been more than solid. He had a tough game against Minnesota, but he, he's been really good for us. And our bench, um, on any given night, different guys can step up. I've been really pleased with the way that we've competed. You know, as long as we compete and, get, and play defense, we'll continue to build that identity that we have tried to forge over the past two weeks. Let's talk about Brian Roberts, Austin Rivers, Jeff Withy, these young guys that are getting more minutes right now. The question is this, are they improving faster on the practice floor or on the game floor right now? Well, you know, Jeff is probably the guy who's improving on the practice floor, and now he's having moments where he's shown an ability to transfer the practice floor to the game. Austin and Brian, um, especially Brian. Brian's been more consistent on the floor. Um, he had a, a tough start this year, and now we're starting to see the guy that we've been really wanting to see. We were excited about him last year, the way he finished the season. Austin's a guy who probably has been not as consistent, really good in practice, and then there are times in the games where he carries us. I thought in the Detroit game in the first half, he really carried us when we couldn't get anything going to the basket, kind of settled the waters a little bit for us. So, I, you know, I, I think you're right. Th those three guys, as far as improving, uh, have improved their games immensely. Um, but we, we still need those guys uh, to be good for us. You know, when you, when you think about this season, you go back to the beginning, and when you're talking about your team in August, if you would have said we were going to depend on Brian and Austin and Jeff Withy, you would have been like, no way. You know, we, we, we won't even be talking about those guys in that regard. But the NBA season has its way of making you look like a fool, and you never know when you're going to get your chance to step up. Tyreek Evans has been steady off the bench most all month for you. His last two games, though, Coach, are down games on this road trip. Any rhyme or reason as to why you think that he's taking a little dip here? Well... He, he's been that way since we've had him. He, he, he'll, he's had three or four games where he plays well, and then he'll play two or three games where you're kind of like trying to figure out what's going on. That's been his um, M.O. since we've had him. Um, he's not an inconsistent player. I just think that for him to grow, he's got to understand how teams are going to guard him from night to night. And sometimes we forget he's only 20 three, 24 years old. So I, I'm not surprised at that, that he's had a couple of games that were subpar for him. I think the biggest thing is 
getting him back in the gym and teaching him some of the things that teams are doing to him, and then he's got to make the reads out there. The one thing that he can't do is settle for bad jump shots. You know, he's an attacker, and he's got to continue to do that, and if he doesn't have it, then he's got to move the ball. He's a tough kid. Uh, he's still trying to find his way as far as playing the way that we play. I don't think he's ever been asked to play with a high level of intensity for 48 minutes or however long he's on the floor. But I think he, you know, before the year's over with, he'll have a clear understanding that that's what it takes. Monty Williams with us here on the Monty Williams Show. Coach, at times you've, you've told me that you've had a desire for somebody to, to be alongside Anthony Davis as a protector or I use the word enforcer because that's a hockey term and yeah. I'm familiar with hockey. Somebody may have a little nasty in them. Greg Steams been here in the last, I don't know, seven to ten days. All of a sudden seems to be emerging as maybe that guy for you. Well, he's been better. You know, we, we need him to uh, be the enforcer, the anchor that I like to call it, um, the guy that can play alongside AD and give Anthony a bit of a bookend but they both can block shots. They both can rebound. Anthony's got has the ability to really score the ball. Greg has the ability to do all the dirty work and, and clean up stuff that you know most guys don't want to do. So I, I've been really pleased with Greg the last few games because he just knows his role. And then every once in a while he'll step outside, and knock down a 15-foot jump shot, and just throw you off. Uh, the game he had in Cleveland resembled the game he had in Boston where he just came out of nowhere and almost gave you a double-double. And if you can get that beside AD, you can win some games because it's going to be hard to guard AD one-on-one. And if Greg can be on the other side and finish up plays or set flare screens or get offensive rebounds, that just makes us a better team. Stay tuned. More with head coach Monty Williams when we continue on the Black and Blue Report this Friday just after this. The Pelicans Valentine's three-game flex pack presented by Woodhouse Day Spa is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's three-game flex pack today. There's no place like our home, Louisiana's very own. Time to get covered, Louisiana. Go to bcbsla.com and find a blue to fit your health care needs and budget. You can even get help from a Blue Cross agent. Find out how at bcbsla.com and enroll today. No matter where you are, you're covered through and through. We got a blue for you. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here now is segment two of our visit on Thursday night with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. Coach, as we uh, tape our visit this week on Wednesday night into Thursday, returning home from Minneapolis, we still don't know um, about Anthony Davis with regard to the All-Star. You've, you've talked a lot about this with the media over the last week, um, his performances have backed up the words that you've used with the media. Is there anything else that you haven't shared 
about Davis that uh, is on your mind as we hope to learn that he takes a step in his career this week? No, I mean, there's nothing. I don't think we've seen the good part of his career. I think we're just seeing the surface of where he's going to be someday. I I think that AD's going to be a 25, 14, 25-15 guy someday. I really believe that with his ability to shoot the ball, to attack the basket, to rebound, to block shots, um, to will his team to win games. To me, I just think we're starting to see just a bit of uh, this superstar player that we are so blessed to, to have in New Orleans. Um, you know, people forget the, the kid is only 227 pounds and playing the power forward position. I mean, when he gets to 235, 240, you can forget it. I mean, he will be unguardable. And with his team first mentality, with his winning play know-how, I just don't think there's going to be a better power forward in the league for sure. But he has the the ability to be maybe the best player in the NBA because he plays both ends of the floor. Has there been a signature moment this month when you're watching him play, whether it's reviewing the film or seeing it live? Is there one that really just stands out and says, man, that's it right there? Gosh, there's too many of them. Um, But the thing that stands out, when he dislocated his finger in Cleveland, you know, we hadn't really wrapped up the game yet. He came to the bench, got it pulled out, set, and I'm thinking he's done for the night. And he just kept saying, tape it up, Ish. I'm going to play. And John Iship is our trainer, and we all call him Ish. And all he kept saying was, tape it up, Ish. Let's go. Tape it up. I'm good, coach. And those are the moments that you add stripes to your the corner of your shirt. You put notches on your belt, whatever you want to call it. You gain the credibility with the coaches, with the team, and now that the fans know with our fan base, that goes outside the X's and O's. It goes outside of him going for 30 and 12 and eight blocks. When you know your franchise player is willing to play hurt and put it on the line, uh, it says a lot about him. And those are the moments that lead me to believe that someday he's going to be in the argument for the best player in the NBA. How hard was it not to play him against the Timberwolves? You know, not hard for me because I've been in tougher situations with him. I I held him out of a lot of situations last year, and I took a lot of heat for that. But I I don't mind doing that. Um, Sean, you've been around me for a few years. To me, doing the right thing is easy. Knowing what the right thing is is the tough thing. And so I don't always know if we are right or if I'm right. I do know that I try to protect our players. And anytime we think a guy is not right or he can hurt himself further, we try to do what's right for him. Because at the, at the end of the day, that's somebody's child. And uh, I have five kids, and they all love sports. And I, I want somebody to take care of my kids if they're ever in that position. And so I know. You reap what you sow. That's what the Bible says. And I pray that that comes back to help us later on. But 
it, it's hard to keep a guy like AD out when he wants to play or he's a bit undecided, like, should I play or, you know, I, I want to help my teammates, but I'm not right. Then you have to just be, you have to switch from coach to parent and just say, look, you're not playing. Uh, we're not going to do that. End of discussion. If your agent or anybody wants to get upset, they can get upset with me. I could care less. Uh, tell them to live with it. I feel like I have to ask you a tough question, one that I've wanted to ask you now for the last show or two. And if you if you want to tell me it's not fair, that's fine. We'll, we'll move on. But I, I am curious, with regard to the other guys who are injured right now, namely Drew Holiday, Ryan Anderson, and Jason Smith, are, are you still holding out some hope that you'll get them back this season? Or do you have to almost resign yourself to the reality that maybe they maybe they don't play the rest of the way? You know, I, I've already cleared my mind as far as that is concerned. As a coach, I think you have to. Um, you don't always want to go worst case scenario because that, that make you a pessimist, and I'm not that way. But just based on what I've heard from the doctors, I just, I'm already thinking those guys may be done for the year. Now that's just me talking. I don't know anything medically um, that would lead me to think that all of those cases are done for the year. But when I'm preparing for games and thinking about practices and game planning for the next few months, i got to go with what I have. And I've had really good practice in New Orleans playing without my team. <laughs> so I'm kind of used to it. Um, it's unfortunate with those three guys because you're talking about, you know, a possible 50 points off the floor and a totally different team uh, than you have right now. But that's what we're dealing with. And I still look at the job as a privilege, you know, just because you don't have all the guys you want, it doesn't make it less of a privilege. You just got to deal with the circumstances you have at the time. Coach, you reminded me the other day that we're we're in the dog days of the season, and, and I kind of kind of forgot about it. But having been in it a while, I quickly remembered that this stretch is tough. Yeah. Um, you're going to go home now and play some games at home, and there is a little bit of I don't want to call it spread out, but you're not playing you know four games in five nights. You're going to have a little bit of time here. How how do you um, use that best to your advantage and trying to push these guys through this little bit of this little stage of the season? You got to. First of all, make sure you, everybody understands rest is important, but being sharp is just as important. And so we just can't take days off or taking days off sake. We got to make sure that we uh, prime the pump. And for whatever reason, um, we haven't been as sharp at home as I would like us to be. And I think a lot of it just has to do with distractions that come with being in your hometown and a lot of young teams deal with that for whatever reason we've been more focused on the road and so these next few games here at home we got to try to figure out ways for us to get that focus back um, we won our last home game against Orlando but before that we hadn't won a home game uh, since the Portland game which was December 30th so we almost went a month without winning a home game and the coaches and I have been trying to figure it out our schedule was tough but I think our focus has to be really sharp um, while we're at home. So, yeah, we want to make sure we get rest and uh, we feel good about being in, in our city, in our home arena. But, yeah, we got to figure out a way for us to be really sharp and focused uh, for these upcoming home games. 
be fun on Saturday night. The Bulls will be in town. Best of luck, Coach. As always, thanks for the visit here on the way home. Yeah, thank you, and God bless all of our, our fans. I'm glad everybody got through the ice storm uh, without losing uh, too much sleep and probably got a few days off from work, uh, probably much needed. So God bless you all, and again, we're going to make you proud. All right, and that'll put a wrap on this week's uh, Black and Blue Report and this specifically the Friday edition. Thanks again for listening this week. Our thanks to Jim Corbett for stopping by from USA Today and for Joel Myers, too. Don't forget to catch out Joel's uh, interview with Mickey Loomis tomorrow night during the Fox Sports New Orleans broadcast of the Pelicans and the Bulls. As always, on Twitter, at Black Blue Report, the information you need, the daily lineup, it's there, it's yours on social media. You can also follow me on Twitter as well, at Sean Kelly Live. All right, gang, have a great weekend. The weather should be perfect. Knock on wood. Enjoy the Pelicans and Bulls tomorrow night at New Orleans Arena. And, of course, have a great Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back with you, don't forget, next week, starting on Monday after noon Central with another edition of the Black and Blue Report. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.